Well, I think it's I think it's funny when uh, yeah, write the damn book. I think, I think it's funny when you're when you're just getting into the author scene as an as an indie as a first time author. It seems like it it seems like nobody else is an author at first, and it, and mm -hmm. it seems like you know you you don't know anybody or what you're doing, and then as soon as you step into the author scene, it's like oh my god, everyone I know is an author. What do right. I <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a double edged sword though, because it's it's. That's also your competition, not necessarily competition, but that's also the the market is flooded because there are so many authors and it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to get views on your books because you're constantly trying to to get your book in front of a thousand other books that are being published <laughs> along with yours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and and for those of you just tuning in, since I just hit live without asking permission, yeah, um, we're, we're talking about how we we uh, we need to book some shows for this year. We actually have uh, you know spots open in February, March, April, May. You know, pretty much every month of the year. Um, so we're looking for authors and creators of any kind to uh, to jump on. If you're interested, hit us up on Facebook. But the better way is to email us at spillinginkshow at gmail dot com. That way, Katie does the work. Um, and it's, it's yeah, we all, we all want to relax over the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Lax, I only gained like 10 pounds. Come on. Oh, <laughs> no, come on. Uh, well, welcome. We're back. Hi. It's 2021. We're we're still alive. We're we're here and we're smiling. So so that's a good thing. And we have a super duper professional introduction heading your way right now from this lovely lady right there. What's he talking about? What? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, I thought, I thought you were doing that. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, fine. Here we go. <clears throat> Gotta, you know, get the voice ready. Ready to go here. All right. Me, 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 me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that brings you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. It is January 2021. We've all experienced our seven-day free trial. Are we ready to return this year or keep on going? <laughs> Send keep it on back. Going. Send it back. I lost my receipt. No, I always move forward. <laughs> if it was if it was purchased at Kohl's, you don't need that receipt. You just bring oh it oh, oh. good to know. Ooh, okay, now good I know. know where to buy next time. Yeah. No, this isn't a Kohl's shirt. <laughs> 2020 was definitely a year of more downs than ups. So I think we're all kind of looking forward to 2021 being a, a fresh approach, new opportunities, and, and we're going to get some good things going this year. Right, guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. We might, we might have to, like, make some of these good things happen ourselves. We might have to meet each other in person. <gasps> in person? What? Wow. No, we don't do that. We haven't done that in, you know, a year. <laughs> we don't need them. We don't want them. We <laughs> <laughs> don't want to go to your house today. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I know somebody who is always creating and they create excellent content geared straight towards indies. And that is our sponsor, which That's is now. Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art. And we do so by producing several shows 
that either air on daily, weekly, monthly, or seasonal scheduling. And within those shows, we aim to educate and entertain you. If you're, if you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this, this is the place you need to be. If you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind, this is the place to be. Because remember, it's always time to go indie now. That's right. Joe Compton, always time to go indie now. And, and Joe, um, I, I don't know if you check your email off often, but I did just refer a couple of people to you, uh, gave them your email address. Um, sorry, and you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> Why the sorry? <laughs> well, I don't know if we're supposed to give out Joe's email address or not. But, uh, <laughs> so, so hopefully that that's okay. But uh, they're they're looking to get connected with um, you know more podcasts and shows, and and I thought he'd be a great place uh, to get wired in. Hey, you know what? That's that's what 2020 was all about is the year of Zoom meetings, podcast, video shows. Mm -hmm. A lot of shows started up during the year. And and I know ours has been running for about, what, four years now, going on five. Nice. We've been around for a while. And and we had absolutely no problem booking <laughs> booking guests in 2020. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we had to turn people away. <laughs> yeah, that's a first for us. We don't normally do that. Yes, we can't get, have you this week, but we can have you next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a, ooh, hi, Mikey Feria. How are you? Yes, welcome to 2020. Mike, it's so good to hear from you. I, I love always seeing you on here every week. Um, it's it's so nice to have a uh, cool regular viewer. Uh, we got to get him back there. on for uh, for an episode because yeah, he released Passenger not too long ago. He, he what now? He released Passenger not too long ago. Oh yeah, Mike, uh, do you want to come on again? Because we'd love to have you. We love talking with you. I promise you, I I won't pretend Katie died or anything like that. I know you're. <laughs> I know you were a little mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? What do you guys get up well, to when I'm not here? You know, I he he sent me a message one time last year, and he, it was like early in the year, and he was like, "Hey, you know, you know, how's the game going? How are, how are you and Katie doing?" And I was like, "Well, Katie was actually in a car accident, and she passed away." And what he, well, it was not okay. <laughs> so, and, and it was it was a really it was a really nasty joke because Mike doesn't know me very well. Um, so it, it was, it was a really mean thing to do and I've apologized many times, but I just checked in my brain, very dark sense of humor. Got it. Yeah. So yes. yeah, I got it. Now I'm on board. This one, there, where is she? There he goes. She regularly murders her characters and enjoys it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, before we let Katie uh, drag us too off track today, oh, I know she did, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I made his wife cry. Uh, yeah. Well, anyhow. <laughs> so we, we have another great guest today. David, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me back on, guys. I really appreciate it. It, it's good to see you again. Can, you know, in case um, anyone missed you the first time around, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, I'm a comic book indie creator uh, uh, with Correct Handed Comics. You can find us on correcthandedcomics.com and on Facebook at Correct Handed Comics. We put out different genres, one shots. I have a, a uh, ongoing series, action thriller series called The Offspring that's about to hit issue 14. I've got a great new colorist uh, uh, called uh, Chris McCauley who has worked with uh, Boom Studios and Marvel and worked with Disney and has worked with... Um, uh, and is working right now with actually a James Bond series and a Dracula series. He's he's super awesome. And if people could see the pages right now, I think they'd be blown away. I can't wait for people to see him. We have, uh, like I said, a whole bunch of uh, different genre one shots out, 100 place, uh, 100 page graphic novels. Uh, I have my own novel that I wrote from the website, a Western called The Last Ride to Tyburn. And you can find it all, like I said, on correctandacomics.com. Is that like uh, you got your correct hand free? <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's a it's a an old joke that I used to tell as a waiter. People would uh, I'd be writing down their their whatever they were getting to eat, and I'd get at least ten times in a shift. Oh, you're a lefty. Oh, you're left-handed. And I'd hear all the stories about people who are left-handed or have demons inside them of have of them, <laughs> and they're wrong and all this kind of stuff. And I started saying, "What? Well, I'm not left-handed. I'm correct-handed. You're right-handed. I'm correct-handed." And it's just something something that stick. And twenty years later, I turned it into a publishing company. I. I love that. And this, the book I'm reading right now is about a left-handed assassin, and she does have a demon inside her. That's fantastic. There you go. It's, it, must be it must be true then. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would probably say, yeah, that's probably that sounds about right for David. David's got a demon inside of him. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, I've got I've to find where Katie hid this. Okay, there, there it is here. I'll put this back up for a minute. I'm looking at this this picture, which I'm, I'm taking as, as a portrait of you. You kind of look like the guy from Memento. I don't know what his name is. Okay. Is he the coolest yeah. guy in the show? He's, he's actually pretty then cool. Then I'll take it. Then I'll yeah. take it. All yeah. right. No okay. problem. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how sinister of you, David. Boy. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Some people would say, not at all. I'm a sweetheart. Some people say, oh, get that guy out of here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there's some stories in there. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from my youth. Doesn't everybody have those stories from yeah, their youth? That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Guy Guy Pierce. Uh, Joe says it, it's Guy Pierce. That's who I was. Who I had. Oh, yeah, talking about. yeah he was the bad guy in Iron Man three too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the the guy who was who was um, faked out faking out with the Mandal or not Mandalorian with the um, oh the I can't remember the bad yeah. guy that yeah, was yeah. Fake Mandarin out. the Mandarin, Mandarin. yes yeah yes. I knew it had a man something in it yes oh yeah. and the Mandalorian oh I'll really take that then that's a yeah, good guy cool. I'll really yeah. take it thank you I appreciate that. I don't know if it was really complimenting me or the picture, but I'll well, I mean, you could take it I'll however, it. however you want. Really awesome. I love it. <laughs> go with the compliment. Always go with the compliment. Uh, go with it. I'll take it. Yeah. So, I, I have a I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. and and I've been asking this more and more as I've talked to more comic creators. Mm -hmm. What what do you do? What's your part of the process? Do you write everything or do you do the, the illustrations? I know you don't call them illustrations usually, yeah, but I mean, what do you do? I, I, for, for a lot of my books, I'm pretty much a one man band. I, uh, I write, I draw, I illustrate, I, uh, letter, I color, um, and I publish it on my own. I have a great, um, editor that helps me out with, uh, dotting all my T's and crossing all my I's. Um, but for the most part, um, it's from, from start to finish, from concept to finished product. 
um, it's me. I've been lucky enough to be able to work with a, a bunch of great writers, a bunch of great different artists. Um, I did a 100 plus page graphic novel called The Loved Ones, which I have right here with a, a great writer who has his own co another comic book company of his uh, called uh, and the company's called um, Dojo Kun Comics. Oh, you got me big up. I'll hold it up again. And we, we met each other on some really small press stuff that we did and we just kind of hit it off. Um, and I was really uh, trying to get uh, correct hand comics off the ground. This is about two or three years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I said, Hey, I've got this idea for a, uh, a 100 plus page graphic novel about the kids of classic movie monsters like uh, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, Wolfman, things like that. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of um, reach out there to other art writers that I knew and said, hey, you know, this is the concept. Do you are you interested in writing this? And he jumped on board right away and brought his own stuff into it. And it was it was amazing. So it was kind of like our homage to those old black and white um, uh, Bela Lugosi uh, type of Frankenstein, Dracula, um, Wolfman stories, but with a, a with kind of a modern twist where the the children of these monsters are hunting their parents, um, and some of them are successful, some of them are not, and and in the end, I think we really set it up to where um, the story uh, really progresses, and some of the, the the character moments and character beats that that Brian put in there um, were really really touching. There were some parts that he put in that I hadn't even thought of doing that uh, made these characters, these monster kids, very human. Um, so it's a very, it's a uh, kind of nurture versus nature story. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of it. So uh, it's, it's fun for me to be able to reach out to other writers and artists and say, Hey, let's, let's put something together. That'll be really cool. Um, but for most of my books that I have, my one shots, my ongoing series, um, it's me uh, doing everything. Uh, and I, quite honestly, I really like working with other people, but there is a, a certain freedom to uh, uh, to seeing it uh, to fruition by myself. Now, what's the timeline look like for for creating one of these? Because you're you're yeah. doing not only the writing, you're doing the the drawing and the coloring. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a lot of work put in. It is. I would say that a, if a 24 page comic that's colored, I can do it in two months. Wow. Yeah, wow. people said that's fast. I feel like I'm going super slow though. <laughs> For a one shot, like my last one shot I put out was um, a book called. The last one I put out was a book called. Um, uh, I forgot the name of my own book. Uh, Will, Will <laughs> Alien? There, I got it. I got it back in my brain now. Will aliens do my homework? Um, and it, it it took me about it took me about a month to be able to finish it. For the one shots that I have, like this one, that are just black and white, like this one right here. The one shots that I have that are black and white, uh, it takes me about a month to be able to. And that's that's after, I'd say, that's probably after maybe two months of kind of plotting and writing it out and getting the thumbnails ready and everything. But once I sit down to start drawing, about a month for for uh, um, writing it and lettering it and getting it ready to go and, and ready for print. Now, uh, what came first to you? Was it the drawing or was it the writing? I'm always an artist first. Okay. I think uh, my, my mom used well, to make the jokes that I... Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I, my mom makes a joke that I'm a visual artist first. How about that? How about there that? There you go. I'm a visual artist first. My mom makes a joke that I popped out of the womb with a pencil in my hand. Ooh. Uh, and uh, yeah, and she was right. She was right. I was very lucky to have parents that um, supported uh, the 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 idea that I wanted to be an artist. But by the time I was 13 years old, um, I was they were letting me take uh, nude figure drawing classes. 
cool. which wow. I don't think a lot of parents would let their kids do that because they just think they want them to look at naked naked people. <laughs> um, but I think my parents really knew that it was something that uh, uh, would would help me for the rest of my life. And they were right. And I give them 100% all the credit in the world for knowing that their, their little 13, 14 year old boy didn't just want to look at naked people. He wanted to be an artist. Um, and I give, like I said, I give them all the credit in the world. I thank them every day for it. Well done, mom and dad. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, would you, this is, this is kind of a off subject, but not too off subject, Katie. Um, we've had a, a couple people on this show who, are aspiring comic book artists or trying mm -hmm. to get into it and don't know where to turn as far as uh, printing goes and things like that. And, you know, if it would be possible for you to maybe, you know, share a link with us uh, later that we can attach to the show with some resource resources for people that, mm -hmm. That might want to pursue that if that's something you're comfortable sharing yeah definitely there are there are a bunch of great printers out there that um really quite honestly if you go into facebook or even just google comic book printers 20 will pop up um there is uh, i'm drawing a blank on the one that uh, i do a lot of talking with and i can't remember the guy who was in charge of his name i'm drawing a blank which is great on live your live youtube show well, you could remember uh, your book, so I'm, I'm not that surprised. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, boy, uh, I'm really, I'm really. Let me, let me take another drink here, and let me see if I can reboot. <laughs> That's not it. My husband was thinking <laughs> of a, a, a word, and it, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was in in the restroom, and all of a sudden, I hear this word just scream out. Of there. <laughs> that was so funny. Because yeah. they have the same, you know, brain fart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I'll do better. I'll remember more words starting right now. Okay. <laughs> I'll make better word. Okay. But yes, definitely. I will I will share some some links and some uh some Facebook pages for and, and websites to uh um URLs to uh um different printers. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So we'll put those in the show notes to make sure everyone can see them. So that's perfect. We have to do it in Mike's voice, though. Katie, go ahead. No, no, no that's all you, dude. That's you. Are comic books in general doing well in sales in the current market? I'd imagine they're doing better than ever. Is Mike secretly Batman? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he is? Oh, wow. Would, should we have added him right here now? Darn it. Sorry, Mike. sorry, sorry. If Joker's listening, don't. That's we're joking. It's not. Yeah, don't. <laughs> um, I would say that question was for me. I'm sorry. I would say that um, I think that given all the weird stuff, there are definitely a lot more eyes on indie comics because when all this this COVID stuff happening, you know, there was a big. Um, a big hullabaloo that the the big boys were saying, all right, drop your pencils. We can't do anything right now. While it was the exact opposite for the indie creators. A, a lot of us found more time to be able to, uh, to be able to create content, to be able to do the things we wanted to do. Me specifically as a teacher, my day job got a little harder um, because I wasn't just in the classroom with the kids. I had to do it online. We had to, it was, it was not fun, especially in spring of last year of, of uh, the end of the school year in 2020. So um, it was trickier in some cases to be able to find time to be able to draw and create. Um, but I still was able to do it luckily. And I think that um, with the amount of the influx, like you were saying, the influx of the shows like this, um, the podcasts and YouTube channels and things like that. It, it definitely grew um, for me anyway, the amount of people that I had in my 
Rolodex to be able to uh, to be able to reach out to uh, for questions or for you know for just talking about comics and indie comics and to be able to find a, a fan base maybe a little bit faster uh, than I would have um, if it was just a regular uh, regular year without a pandemic going on. Definitely, the indies did pick up the slack for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we saw a lot more indie creators releasing things this year. And, yeah. and you know what? That's good. We need that. We need a lot more of those independent voices out there. Well, and I oh, yeah. think in general that um, indie creators in, in every um, you know facet of the creative industry always just work their tails off. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that any of us work harder than someone that works in a traditionally published market, but we, we all work our asses off, you mm-hmm. know, all, all indies do. So I, I think that when things shut down, it really was kind of, you know, our time to shine, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. And, and, you know, for, for, for all the cons that happened during not comic cons, the cons between like pros and cons, the, uh, the, uh, for all the cons that happened uh, with the pandemic, I think one of the pros was the ability to be able to be more comfortable staring at each other on a screen and being able to talk like this uh, while it'll never, I don't think it'll ever replace going to a convention and talking to people face to face. I hope it doesn't because that's really one of the fun aspects of being able to go and meet people. And, um, and hopefully after you meet them, they become fans of mm-hmm. your work. If not, you've met a new person, you, you know, you have a, a new person to smile at and to be able to talk to for a few minutes about comics. Um, and, uh, but with the, with the pandemic, I, I think it really did give people an opportunity with these kind of shows to be able to have somebody in France, be able to see their work maybe a little bit easier than they would have if they were, you know, doing, going to a convention in, in Winnipeg, Canada or wherever they were, where people wouldn't uh, really be able to see them and hear them and hear about their stories. Um, so it really has, I think, in that aspect, been good for um, communicating uh, for indie, indie creators like me. Well, and I think that, you know, communicating online like this is, is definitely easier. And I think it's a lot more comfortable for some people, especially mm-hmm. people who haven't done a lot of uh, in-person events, but sure. there's also a, just a, a certain amount of magic that you don't get just through the computer. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I used to do live shows at the, at the library and boy, did I, did I love that? I mean, it, it was, was just, it was, uh-huh. and that, that was all it was. It was just, it was fun. And, you know, right now I am reading. Oh, so I'm going to plug this. I'm going to make myself big so that you can see this real quick. <laughs> um, I was uh, this series and this author was just recommended to me to my friend uh, by my friend Stacy. Uh, this is the Nevernight um, series by Jay Christoph. And I've never read this author mm. before. And they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, just crazy, dark, vicious fantasy. And it is amazing um and so i was just i was thinking today that man you know when cons open up again i'd really love to meet this author sometime and and have a little interview with him because mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the way they put together words is, is amazing and and i miss being able to do that you know you know we can do it here and that's fine but yeah mm-hmm. sometimes i just want to see people in person yeah, yeah. The, the year that you did those on-the-spot interviews at conventions was awesome. Those were so fun. Great material, and it looked like you had a great time talking to them, too. Yeah, and I got to meet that, uh, what was that one guy? The guy who created Thanos. He was in uh, Avengers Endgame. I can't remember his name now. Why can't I remember his name? The creator or the actor that played him? The creator. The creator. Oh, um, old bald guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
But anyhow, yeah. it was so cool meeting all these all these people, and I was like, I don't know anything about comics, but but this is a really interesting conversation. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny the the movies, um, how people their knowledge of comics is is really just the movies. For I would say most people, we were in, we went to see. Um, I forget which one of the the Avengers movies had Thanos at the end credit scene. Um, and there was probably 50 or 60 people in the theater with us. And uh, um, we, the movie, the credits are going and we're all sitting there because we know there's an end scene and Thanos turns around with a big smile. And I'm, I'm very, very excited. And my wife's like, man, whatever. I don't care. That was a great movie. Let's move on with our day. And uh, I'm, I'm looking around the theater. I'm like, Thanos, Thanos like trying to get somebody to connect with my eyeballs and be as excited as I was about Thanos on the, on the big screen. And it's, everybody's just like, okay, that, great. What's his name? Big purple oh, guy. Grimace. Whatever. There was like, said, not many people, 50 or so, I guess that's a good amount for a theater, but uh, um, just trying to, to find somebody to connect with. Like they didn't know who Thanos was. And I realized that I was not only the only, but the biggest geek in the theater. <laughs> And, and I was fine with it. Was, it. was that good or bad? I was fine with it. No, well, that's good. I think it's good. I've got to pull a Jane's husband here. It's a Jim Starlin. But I think that Jim he created Starlin, the yeah. in, Infinity uh, yeah. Goblet. I don't know if that, that he created Thanos. He's only 71, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is old, Joe. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Seventy-one old anymore? I don't know. So I think, it just, I think it depends on the individual, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> the way go. people are dropping like flies these last couple of years—that's it's ancient. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, our life expectancy has gone down in America. Oh, okay, Jane, it's not old for you. I know Jane's like, oh, it's not that <laughs> I'm not in my seventies yet. <laughs> you want me to boot him, Jane? No, no, no. I'll go beat it with my wings later. <laughs> Just put in one of your Jane, I mean, Jane, I mean, you being you being only thirty two years old. I mean, that's not really something you have to worry about right now, right? There you go. <laughs> I mean, you got a long way to worry about that. <laughs> Always go with the compliment. Always go with the compliment. Yes. yes. <laughs> Your friend Mike, I think your friend Mike in there said he does not sound like Batman, so I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused on what's happening. I can't remember what Mike sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't really an impression of Mike as much as it was just a voice. It's a voiceover. Okay, got it. Now I need to talk to Mike. Now I need to know what he sounds like. <laughs> so what's on tap for 2021? Yes. Mm. What What are we doing, guys? Yeah, I've got I've got a plan. I am going to. I have read so many freaking books in 2020. It's ridiculous. So I am just, I'm just going to keep reading, and that's that's how I'm going to pass the time until the world either explodes or everything is better. <laughs> it's a foolproof plan. Good plan. Yeah. It's a good, good. plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go. We uh, we at uh, Correct Hand Comics I actually uh, just started. I have a bazillion one shots that are twenty four page one shots that I've already got thumbed out and ready to go. It's just a matter of finding time to be able to do them. So one of my plans is to get at least at least four one shots one shots out. 
um, in 2021. I have one coming up that is, um, I try to change up my genres a lot um, because I love ev almost every single kind of genre there is. So um, I've done one that was, like I said, my last one was uh, more of a sci-fi action kind of thing called, well, Aliens Do My Homework. And it was the story of a, a teacher and her fourth graders who, uh, who get caught in the middle of an alien, a, a alien invasion uh, and have to try to escape their school um, and not get killed by aliens. Uh, then I have our more of a superhero genre uh, um, book that I one shot that I did called I Won't Stop. And I wasn't going to do any superhero stuff because it's kind of done by the big boys to not to death, but better, you know, than, than I think uh, I try to stay away from that because um, because they're doing it so well. Um, I have other genres I can deal with, but I, I found this um, kind of hook to a, a traditional superhero story uh, that I think was really, really cool. And, and once I thought of the hook, I just had to get it out. So uh, that's a, I won't stop. And then I had our one, I think I already showed it. Our one shot shady lady was the first one that we put out. Um, and it was the, uh, and it's really like, a, I'm a big fan of like, uh, like 1940s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like noir thrillers. The black and white stuff. Yeah, yeah. Black and white thriller. That's yep. what it yep. like. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it was. Uh, it was really um, like Frank Sinatra. Suddenly, if you've ever seen that movie, if you have, it was. I think it was maybe his not his first one of his first movies, uh, and it was really the first uh, movie of that genre that I'd seen, and I, I fell in love with it. So, Lady in the Cement, um, anything by Alfred Hitchcock, and that mm -hmm. kind of thriller. Um, you know, um, idea. And I had this idea again with a, a really good hook for this character. That's like a, no powers or anything like that, like an equalizer type character uh, that's kind of righting the wrongs of society. Um, and I found it to be, I found that I can make it really topical because clearly the last couple of years have been um, very divisive for a lot of people. Uh, so I was able to take this character and be able to weave a, a story that is, um, I wouldn't say political, um, but has political aspects to it to be able to kind of have the reader feel like they could be this person that could uh, go out there and right the wrongs of society. Um, and then we have another, uh, I have my next one shot coming out probably I'd say near March ish. Um, and it is just a straight up horror, like Friday the 13th, uh, Freddy versus Jason type thing uh, called the sock hop killer. Um, and it is going to be pretty, I'm pretty excited about that one. I, I have a, a writing buddy that I did some stuff with. Uh, he helped me out with the plot a little bit. So uh, it's going to be like a co-writing credit thing. Uh, and then my one shot, my, uh, my, excuse me, my ongoing series, The Offspring, just had issue uh, 13 come out and volume one and two and volume three are out. I don't have my copies of volume one and two yet, or excuse me, volume three. But this is volumes one and two, issues one through five. Uh, excuse me, one through four, and this one's issues five through ten, and then volume three have issues eleven, twelve, and thirteen, and the shady lady one shot in it. So it's so it's going to be a lot of that, I think, in twenty twenty one. Still trying to build on top of all the content. Hopefully, cons will be back and we'll be able to uh, get back to meeting face to face. So really, quite honestly, after teaching and being a father and being a husband, not necessarily in that order. It's going to be just continuing to create as much content as I can in as many different genres as I can. All right. So personal question here. You don't have <laughs> yeah. to answer it. But being a teacher, are you guys still uh, at home teaching distance learning? Or are you in classrooms now? We're distance learning. So in, I, I believe it was right after Thanksgiving, we were in school, but it was like the kids only come half the time. So there'd be a group 
that would come um, like two groups that would come every other day. So we were in school, but it wasn't all the kids all the time. So around uh, Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, the, our cases spiked. They quite honestly, they skyrocketed. Um, so we were doing uh, full remote. Teachers still had to report to the, to the actual building, but oh, kids were, were learning at home. So, uh, um, yeah, and we're supposed to go back. My wife actually works as, in the school district also, a different school district, and they go back on Monday. And we go back on the 19th. Which Hopefully. do you prefer, the distance learning or the classroom learning? In, it's, it's in class as always. Better distance learning is, um, has a, a big variable of challenges. Um, one of them is just getting the kids to turn on their computer <laughs> to be able to do it. I, I, we've, I've got great kids and they do a really good job. Um, the, I would say probably 75% of them work really hard that if they're not in the, the meets in the class, because I just follow my regular schedule in school. And as an art teacher, I have six classes a day. Mm -hmm. So it is just me constantly on Google uh, meets with um, kindergartners through fifth graders. And uh, it's it can be a challenge. So having them in one building and, and corralling them into one room is is very much easier <laughs> than trying to get them to get off of their their video games and get off of uh, watching television to come learn and draw with me. Yeah. And if you're teaching like the specials class, um, that, that's what our art and PE and all that. They're just the specials group. We're um, trying to change it to uh, either humanities or essentials. There's nothing wrong with the word specials, but it, at this point, I think in 2021, I think we can give it a better name than that to give yeah. it the, the higher echelon um, idea of what it actually is. So we're trying to convince our principal, or we will at the end of this year. This year was not the year to bring it up, but we're, we're called specials also. And I just think that it doesn't quite show the importance of what it is we teach. Right. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, they're just drawing pretty pictures. I'd tell, I'd tell every parent that says, oh, you're just, you know, we're just drawing pretty pictures. Nope. Critical thinking, problem solving skills and how to see your world better. That's what we're teaching. And we just happen to be able to draw pretty pictures while we're doing it. <laughs> Those are the uh, hardest ones for, for my kids. I've got two littles yeah. in elementary school. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and they struggle more with the specialist classes really? learning than they do with the regular classes. Yeah. Yeah, it can be tough because a lot of times, uh, you know, they don't have the material. Like I can't really paint with them because I don't know what they have at home. So it's very much just a let's draw this. Let's talk about this artist. Let's um, draw this and color it um, kind of a thing. Uh, so it's been it's been like very taxing on the creative teacher creative juices to be able to find different ways to be able to teach the, the concepts that we need to be able to get into their brains um, before for me before they get into middle school. Um, yep. but, but, but like I said, I, I got a good group of kids that, that really, um, I had one, not that this is about teaching or anything, but I had one student who had, in the classroom, he is a bit of a handful, great kid, but he's, he's just talkative. He doesn't quite know when to say when. Um, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh a couple of days ago in class, he stayed at the end of the class and I asked him, I said, Hey, do you need something about everything? Okay. And he goes, Mr. Wild, I just wanted to tell you that you're my favorite teacher. And I said, dude, I said, that's really awesome. I really appreciate you're doing a great job. And when I am uh, not doing mentally well with the elder stuff, um, it's stuff like that that really really keeps me going uh, for, for these, you know, kindergarten through fifth graders to be able to say stuff like that to me. It's awesome. I love it. That is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and you've got another uh, question from Mike uh, about your teaching. Okay. What do your students say when you tell them you're a comic book artist? Oftentimes, kids will want to try something like that, too, just because they're inspired by you. 
Um, I make them try it. We uh, we work on uh, we work on three dimensional forms from kindergarten. Uh, we go through all the elements of art: line, shape, form, value, texture, color, and space. Um, they they I introduce them to them in kindergarten. By the time they're in fourth and fifth grade, we're drawing comic books. We're drawing objects using our three dimensional forms. We're drawing people using our three dimensional forms, and they're coming up with um, a comic book page of usually four to five panels of a story um, showing beginning, middle, and end. So, um, uh, so I definitely, uh, they love it, and I definitely use it to be able to give them, again, those critical thinking and problem-solving skills. How do you get from point A to point B, and how do you do it visually? Um, and usually the kids dig it. I, I uh, had one fifth grader a couple years back who he was not a fan of anything about school. <laughs> and uh, it happens sometimes. You just try to stay positive with him. But uh, he was not into it. And I said, and I kind of talked to him in the hallway. I said, buddy, you know, if you hate me and you hate this project, that's your story. <laughs> Tell that story. It's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings to, you know, write up, you know, three sentences about why you don't like doing this. And then draw those sentences out. And he did it. And it was great. And I'm not saying he's going to be the next uh, uh, Jim Lee or anything. Um, mm -hmm. But he, you know, he finished the project and it was it was really good. And I think he was happy with it when he, by the time he was done. So, again, things like that, that helped push me forward. That's awesome. Yeah. I kind of want to back you up real quick, if, if possible. You have such good answers for, for everything. Um, <laughs> you really do. But when you were talking about what you have coming up in, uh, in 2021 here, mm -hmm. you, you, were, you had mentioned something about the superhero stories, how they've mm -hmm. been done a lot, but that you had um, figured out some kind of clever hook that were you. Can you tell us about what that is, or is that a surprise in the stories? No, I can give you the basic idea. Um, I tried to, like I said, in my books, I try to come up with different things that I've never seen before. Not that I've read every comic and every book and seen every movie, um, but I try to be able to write stories that, that might have similar themes or similar ideas or similar feels to them, but give them some sort of, of hook that's different than what anybody has ever seen before. So when I decided that I wanted to do a superhero story, I came up with a character um, that is very much like a Superman-esque kind of character cape and a symbol on his chest and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to, um, if you've ever read any of my comics or any of my books, I like to put my characters through the ringer. Uh, I like to make their lives harder, <laughs> as hard we, as I possibly can, do. actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I have friends that, that are con that just constantly make fun of me because I just am just beating my characters to death um, with whatever the problem is. Um, and I think as a writer, yeah, I think as writers, that's that's the fun part, right? If there's no if there's no conflict, why are we doing it? So um, uh, with this character named Spiral, and the name alone, I think, gives a little indication about what um, what happens to him throughout the 24 pages. He goes through an event in his life in the first three pa uh, panels, pages of the book, um, that completely changes his perspective, his outlook on life, his want to um, do do it how he'd done it before, which was a very Superman way. Oh, I'll save you here. I'll save you there. But I've got to have my own life kind of thing. Um, and it changes him to the core. So the idea of I won't stop is that he doesn't stop. He is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not to use a cliche like that, but uh, he is 24 hours a day, seven days a week saving people. And he has made it his mission to save every person from every 
anything that could hurt them um, in his, while, he's, while he still has his powers, while he's still there on Earth. So while he was saving people before, like Superman or Batman, he doesn't, he's, he's abandoned his, his alter ego. He's abandoned any kind of life that he has, um, and he has just decided to, uh, to save people. His, for his entire life, 24 hours a day. Um, and it's really the emotional and physical toll that, t- that it takes on him, that it's really the story. Um, there's a Justice League-type-esque characters that jump in and try to say, you can't, this is not what life is. This is You can't save everybody. I'm sorry, say again. You can't save them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and well, his answer to that is, uh, you know, I'm going to try. If you're not trying with me, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's really the arc that he goes through. And in the end, he he the the climax of the story. He um his the nemesis that he runs into um is the perfect nem. I'll say it this way: is the perfect nemesis for the end of the story <laughs> to be able to have him um reach the climax of his journey. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Cool. That sounds awesome. Okay. I'd love to drop him into one of Jane's stories and see what happens. Awesome. <laughs> I'm imagining him in bubble wrapping somebody just to save them from themselves from getting hurt while running off to do something else. You know, like all yeah. the saving, all the even the stupid little things to, to stop somebody from hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, part of the fun part of, of drawing that and writing that story was trying to find as many different ways to be able to. There's a, I guess you'd use the word montage. Um, I wasn't able to put an 80s track to the back of it, right? Because it's visual. Oh, yeah. But uh, there's a yeah, but there's a a montage of him saving people, and I was trying to think of fun, different, weird ways, but also in some cases very iconic ways of him to be able to save different people or do different heroic things, uh, but have it again in a, in a way that um, the viewer um, is familiar with, but yet hasn't quite seen it in that way. So it was it was a fun one to do, and the justice the Justice League type characters that are in the book uh, again they're familiar, but they but they're uh, I think the designs that I gave them are are so um, different I guess is the word I'll use uh, that you can kind of tell who they're modeled off of, but the designs themselves I think were were really super cool. Not to nope. shoot my own horn or anything. No, I guess that's no. what I'm, I guess that's what I'm here for, but yeah, what but. You're here for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you do you sell all paper copies or do you sell um e copies as well? Digital also digital and print. Okay. Digital I'm, and print. Yeah. What does what does something like that go for? A twenty four page uh printed comic. Uh, so um the the one shots, I'm trying to remember the numbers of all the the uh, hundred plus page graphic novel, I think it's only fifteen ninety nine. I didn't want it to want to kill people. I don't want to kill people with my price. Um, but obviously if I'm putting it on something like um, like Amazon or Lulu or something Thank like you. that, it's it's gotta be um, and again, my plan is not to be rich, <laughs> um, but uh, be, you know they won't if the if it costs two ninety nine to print the book, they won't let you sell it for two ninety nine. You have to sell it for another you know a, a higher number than that. So um, the one shots are are three ninety nine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I hope I don't think that's a crazy number for for a one shot. The uh, the digital copies are are two ninety nine. So you're and there's. Um, um, the digital copies, I think, are really the way to go because you you can um, have them and see them, and they don't take take up any room. So I, I I love the physical copies. I'm a physical copy guy myself, um, but I can see why people enjoy digital copies and getting them that way because um, as long as your um, tablet doesn't fall into the pool or uh, or you know fall on the sidewalk and get cracked or broken, you you've got 
a, you know, a, a infinite amount of comic books to be able to read or books to be able to read. Well, and, and the nice thing about digital, I mean, for all across the board is, is like you said, you've got almost unlimited room and a lot of times it's, it's less expensive, but yeah. at the same time, there's, there's certain books that I will still, you know, if I just absolutely love something or mm -hmm. if it's an author, I know that I'm, that I'm friendly with, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll buy them the, um, the physical copy because I like to have it, you know, here at my house with me. But, yeah. you know, like this last year, the having the Kindle was great because I read so much stuff from the library and it's yeah. like, okay, well, that would have been a lot of money. I would have spent libraries. We can yeah. read so much now for free, which is amazing. Oh yeah. That's um, awesome. Well, Mike has another question for you here. All right, Mike, thanks. Uh, Let's see. Do you think there's much room to create new superheroes, or do you think they all been imagined already? Yeah. Wait, he's changed into, changed into a southern gentleman. Yes, I, I don't so know. So Batman is now a southern gentleman. Well, that's his alter <laughs> ego. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just practicing your voiceover work. Got it. That's that, the only okay. voice I've got. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that you know, as an artist and. And um, uh, going through school, learning about art and, and uh, you know, the masters and all that stuff. Um, you know, the one of the first things they tell you is there is nothing new. If you thought of it, somebody else thought of it also, um, just because that's the way our brains work. Um, but I do think that there's always room for variations on a theme. Um, and being able to have different variations and have something that is different enough, but still f uh, familiar enough where people will understand the concept or the idea fairly quickly. Um, but it, I think really it's not about the character themselves. It's not about, for me, it's not about Superman or Batman or Captain America or whatever it is. It's about the stories that are told with those characters. So if you have a character that you think is a fairly unique superhero, that's, I think that's awesome. Like I'll give you an example from the, you know, the nineties when Spawn came out, not necessarily the most original idea for look of a character or anything like that, but he was different enough that people, um, you know, kind of thought there was, or, you know, rightly so thought there was something new that they hadn't seen before. Um, and it's the story that came from spawn that, you know, has kept them going for this long. So I think that really in the end, the, the, um, while the character drives the story, the situation drives the story. I think that it's, it's, um, the ability to be able to use whatever character you have, even if they're just a cookie cutter, you know, uh, cut and paste kind of character um, to be able to drive that story forward. It's the, you know, the, the, uh, the idea that the story, the lesson that's being learned uh, for the reader, I think is more important than the, the character itself being super brand new. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not the who it's the how. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was a very succinct way of, of saying the long-winded thing I just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the editor in me. <laughs> yeah. Say it if you can say. Don't say it in five if you can say it in three. Got it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's that's absolutely true because everything has been done before, but it's how you present it that really makes the story resonate with someone. So yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. you. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it goes the same for movies and even songs. I mean, you know, they've been using the same basic format for for seventy years now, but yeah. you know, it, it's 
it, it's the way you use it. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. exactly right. And and that doesn't matter. If every, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Jay. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, does, you know, if every every song is is chorus, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, verse, verse, um, that's I get would get kind of repetitive, but it really doesn't matter how you're saying it, but what you're saying. Um, right. And that's I think that's really um, for me anyway as a as a writer and artist. Um, I try to make sure that uh, if I have an idea that I know is is taking from taking inspiration from other things that I have enough of a, uh, a twist in there that it's not just going to be right out theft. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and there's, there's certain books and, and movies that I actually prefer to have in a, in a certain format. Like I, I, um, last year I, I got into a big, uh, James Patterson and Clive Cussler kick and mm -hmm. they're very formulaic, mm -hmm. um, but they're still, they're enjoyable. And it was a really high anxiety time for me. And I was like, okay, there's something kind of soothing about, about this, this, yeah. uh, this structure and, yeah. you know, the characters change and, and the situations change, but basically I, I know how things are going to go. And there's, yeah. there is something comforting about that, but sure. every once in a while there, there's a book that'll come along and, it'll just blow my mind. I'm like, wow, this isn't like anything I've ever read in my life. And, yeah. and, and those, those ones really stick with you. So I think that you can once in a while um, hit on something really incredible. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's gotta be a combination of talent and luck. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I think probably 80% luck, right? <laughs> probably. I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> Some I people haven't might flip that, but <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you read one of Katie's books, and every one of her books is just like <laughs> mind blown. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> what does your shirt say, Katie? <laughs> this is Bushi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to put on my shirt. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Oh goodness! All right. Well, back onto our topic of going forward in, in 2021. Anybody else want to talk about what projects they're doing? Jay, you're reading. David, you're creating. Jay, uh, Jane. Hold on. Ah, oh, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> this is what's coming in 2021. Where am I? Mm, hold on. Need to find it. <laughs> Showed her how to share screens, didn't you, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> and then I need to get that back up there. Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> there we go. Why can't I do this? Oh, we have faith in you. Dun, I can dun, do dun, it. Uh, so close. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic post um, mm. dark fantasy. With nice. the dragon chest, awesome. a teenager who sells her soul and 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 gets crushed by it <laughs> in the Devil's Offer, and right. and a short horror story, The Battleground, is the first one of my undead undead series. That nice. is amazing! Awesome. <laughs> Holy crap! So yeah, that covers awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? All so, of them. All of them. But I really like Battleground. Yeah, yeah, the black and really white cool. with that red just yeah. pops. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and the the artwork on Dragon Tempest, I mean, is is just yeah. beautifully done too. Yeah, these are great. But Jane, yeah. you've always got the best covers, Jane. You're you're amazing <laughs> with that. Like 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 my my new my latest series, you mean? 
I so love those. coming out I right love it. Yeah. this month. Are you, are, you gonna, are you about to put that up? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all four. Yes. Yeah, so Groom's Daughter came out in October. Finding Death and Reap the Dead came out in December. And Kissing Fate will be out in February. So, wow. Finding yes. Death. She she could be played by the woman who is in The Queen's Gambit. Oh, okay. God, I love her. She's amazing. That was, that was an awesome series. I mean, it was. who thought you could make chess as interesting as that? It was, what? I think it was, it was all her, but it was awesome. It was a great, a great series. I haven't yeah. When my when my wife first put it on, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be weird." But then we just like were glued to the TV. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, that was great. Really Still on was. the TBR list. Haven't watched it yet. No that spoilers. Was... La 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 la. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Could you uh, could you have a spoiler in a show like that? It's not really a spoiler show. It's yeah, not. it's not really a spoiler show. She either she either wins chess or she doesn't win chess, and she does no. both of them in the span of the what yeah. at nine is nine episodes. I don't remember how many episodes it was. Well, but, that yeah. she's got the most fabulous outfits ever. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> She, that I, I, that actress, I think, was was the it was amazing, um, and I've never seen somebody with so much just like, you know yeah. what I mean, like so much just boom right in her face yeah. to where you could see everything that she you know was going through with just a with one yep. tiny look. It was awesome. She would make a great assassin, wouldn't she? With that just dead dead ass eyed stare. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, great assassin. Right. Oh, love it. Now, see, they're selling it better than, than Netflix did. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see much uh, much uh, um, uh, um, advertisement for it. Um, a lot of people talking on on Facebook or Twitter or things like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I think Netflix just like kind of makes them and just blows them out. Yeah. Um, it hopes and says, let's see what sticks. Yeah, um, yeah which so. isn't a bad plan. But no, and it's and it's a it's a drama, Katie. You know, and anyone who's who's watching, if you haven't seen it, it is it's a it's a drama. So don't go into it expecting an action thriller or anything. But it is really intense. The acting is brilliant, mm-hmm. um, and the conflict. I mean, it's 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 hard to explain. It's just really really well done. So yeah. see now back on the Netflix thing. I think you're right. They they expect the the viral to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just organically, and and yeah. all I've been hearing lately on Netflix is Bridgerton. Yeah, Everybody's talking oh, yeah. about Bridgerton, which I ended up having to watch it because like it it wouldn't get out of my feed. My uh, wife watched the whole series in three days. Yep. Yeah. I said, what are you watching? She goes and she she goes. Oh, it's this great show called Bridgerton, and I just went Bridgerton. And yep. started, like every time she started, I just would say it that way, and I'm like, I'm Why sure did you wait for me to watch this with you? Well, at, at one at one time I walked by and I just saw bare bodies. I was like, "What's this? Now? <laughs> Where's? Did you order something uh, that you did not tell me about?" <laughs> but that one was pretty. I mean, it was good, but it was pretty yeah. formulaic. Like you kind of knew yeah. what was going to happen, yeah. but you were still along for the ride. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like mind candy. Awesome. Okay. Well, it was cool because they they really attempted to, you know, they they took the the downtown Abbey type of you know setup with you know old, um, you know, not necessarily Victorian uh, mm-hmm. era, but that feel, and they included uh, representation for a lot more ethnic groups and different sexual orientations, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that that was 
that was a, a good thing. And, you know, yeah. it's not something that's usually done with that, those type of shows. So bravo for that, for sure. I, yeah, I, I think with that situation, I think Hamilton really broke that mold to be able to say you don't have to. <laughs> it doesn't have yeah. to be historically accurate. It just has to be good. That's, right. that's, <laughs> that's right. all it has to be. You know, I think that's one of the problems with a lot of movies or TV shows or whatever it is. They expect people to like it just because someone said this is cool. Um, but if it's not good, then why? Then it's yeah. not going to be. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, it's got to hold your interest. My my favorite meme so far that's come out of that one is that I watch Bridgerton for the plot, and then they have a picture of the Duke. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming the Duke is like a hunchback of Notre Dame, Quasimodo type character. Oh, yeah. that's, uh, he's very like very character driven. Very. Got it. So the plot is just unbuttoning. Is that right? <laughs> Now I see why my wife watched it. Oh, okay. We're gonna have a conversation when I get that with it. Well, there's a lot of unbuttoning. There's a lot of uh, scruff because uh, oh. that's a big thing. You've got it going on. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, you know, I try. My I, uh, my wife wasn't uh, too interested a couple months ago, so I started growing, and it's working out okay. <laughs> the Duke of Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Somebody write that down. <laughs> I'll write it down. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll tell you what, Katie, the, the parts of it that I that I did see, I, I didn't think were bad. And I'm usually not into those. But uh, but yeah, you know, Bridgerton, I, I thought it was another one that was just, you know, it was really engaging for people. They're nailing it with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Did any did anybody watch um, Death to 2020? No, no? not yet. I oh saw it. It's Samuel not, Jackson, right? Yes. It, yeah. And it's not it's not super dark or intense it's funny i mean it's about 2020 so obviously it's dark but it's just funny if you want a good laugh for an hour yeah just just do it it's very lighthearted. awesome that's what we need we need good laughs so katie what are you gonna do this year i am making no promises this year however (laughs) i said however (laughs) i have a potential co-written series in the works with Jane, again, since we did such a wonderful job on our first one. Yeah. I also apparently owe Rebecca a 30,000-word uh, a novella for Three Furies Press at some point okay. this year. Nice. Um, sooner rather than later, before she gets the cattle prod out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, if I ever get around to it, finishing book five in the Asset series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you did that last year. Nope. <laughs> I got halfway through, and I hated the plot, and I went, nope. I gotta fix this, and oh, I, okay. I, haven't, I haven't made forward progression since. But you did just release a book. I did just release a book. Yes, and I should take my own damn advice. That, that was yeah. a setup right there. Hang on, hang on. Let me. The damn book. And I'll tell you, you can see that I've actually. I wrote this and I use it as a reference book. You can see how bent up this is. And I've only had it for about a week because it took forever to get my copies. But as I, as I go through, cause I also edit for clients as I go through, I'm like, I need to remember what was that word I was looking for? Well, I happen to have charts and word swaps. And so I end up going back to the book to find the things that I need. So it's useful even for me. And I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, some of the best writing advice that I've ever gotten has been, well, probably all of the best writing advice that I've ever gotten has been from the people on this show and the guests that we've had on this show. Um, 
because we've, we've had such a huge variety of people on, haven't we? I mean, you know, from yeah. indies to, tra to traditional, from, you know, small timers to people who are very successful. And I mean, just the amount of advice that we've, that we've heard or, or silly little tricks that are like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's really mm -hmm. dumb that I haven't thought of this four years ago. And um, it's, ju it's just been amazing. And I hope that people that watch the show or listen get that from it as well. Um, you know, that's, that's our whole goal is, is to make people's lives a, a little easier. Yeah. I mean, we learn through experience and, and by sharing our experiences, we do learn from each other and that makes the indie community better as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Mike has a, another thing to say. He said, uh, my wife has forbidden me from shaving my beard off. Wait, wait. <laughs> no, Scottish no. Lord Irish That's closer to Irish? my actual voice, I, I think. Okay. That is a face palm. <laughs> Scottish the Scottish Highlands. He's from the Scottish Highlands. Got it. I'm really I'm really learning a lot about Mike tonight. I can I can I can do this in a in a I can do this in a Bridgerton voice. Uh oh. My wife has forbidden me from shaving my beard off <laughs> that's my bridgerton voice oh my. that that was all the guys on bridgerton a lot of smoky super whispering super uh, yeah. smoky whispering yes awesome oh. Oh. well on that note we should probably pay homage to our second sponsor before we head out the door today oh. anybody want to take a guess on who that is <gasps> me miss rebecca jonesy she has some amazing books out. She also does live readings on her Facebook channel. You definitely want to check her out. She is Mistress Rebecca Dirty Jonesy, and you will be entertained. <laughs> Not only does she do live readings on Facebook, she does a live show on OnlyFans. Um, you'll just message me for the link to that later, um, if you like. Well, guys, this was this was a great chat. Our first one of 2021. It was so good to see you girls again, and it was so good to see you again, David. This was great. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys, especially the first uh, show of the year. I feel uh, I feel empowered. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. We picked you special for this show because we wanted to start the year out right. Yeah. Hey, again, I'll take it. Thank you so much. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I think there's some thing that we usually say at the end of the show. Isn't there, Katie? No, no, that's that's not our show. That's not our show? Oh. would get mad if we stole his his line. So we're, we're just, we just say bye-bye and we'll see you next time. Adios. <laughs>